From Brooklyn, New York, I'm Adam Teeter. And I'm Joanna Sherino. And in Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal. And this is the Vine Bear Podcast, brought to you by Omicron. Um, <laughs> no. Seriously, that's we were able to finally. I'm glad we were able to nail that sponsorship down for 2022. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, that's why I'm back in my apartment and Joanna's uh, and hers, and we're not uh-huh. in the office together. We're so. being safe. We're being safe. They were being safe, taking mm-hmm. you know, taking protective measures. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. I have been advised to keep at least three thousand miles away from you guys. <laughs> yeah, distance, Zach. Yeah. Distance. <laughs> yeah, gosh. Speaking of uh, you know, the Pacific Northwest. Uh huh. Are you guys watching Yellow Jackets? I have not yet, but I want to. I've heard very good things. I, I don't even know what this is. Oh, I started it over the holiday. Uh, it is this really interesting. It's it's very creepy. I can't tell yet if it's it's definitely like this combination of alive meets Lord of the Flies meets maybe Lost. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be as happy if it's also lost because I thought it got real dumb at the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, I will agree with that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's about a, a, a high school girls soccer team in the 1990s from New Jersey without giving anything away that is supposed to be going to nationals in Seattle. And as they're flying there in a private plane because one of the girls on the soccer team's dad is very wealthy. So he rents them a private plane to make them feel like they're so special flying to their, you know, to the nationals. Uh, it crashes in like middle of nowhere, Ontario. Mm. Um, and it's like basically flashbacks to that time and flash forwards to now with some characters who survive. It's really crazy. It's really good. I highly, I highly recommend it. Okay. Which, uh, which, which of the many places you can find video content these days is this on uh showtime <laughs> oh okay showtime yeah which is also why i did i got nothing i watched because i was like i don't never really watch showtime anymore <laughs> do you have but, like uh, all of the streaming services adam uh i don't think i have all of them but i have a good amount of them <laughs> it seems like it yeah our numbers yeah. have been ticking up and up uh mainly because caitlin hears about shows and is like oh let's subscribe to this to watch yeah. this one show like i don't I have... get it but you know yeah, I don't have like uh, stars or whatever. I think mm-hmm. some, there's some stuff, some goes out on stars. But I have like Showtime, HBO, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, Apple TV, Disney Plus. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. It's actually like, oh man, that got way too crazy. Anyways, <laughs> it's Friday. Uh, it's Friday episode, and it is the first Friday of uh, for a lot of people, also known as Dry January, mm-hmm. but also 2022. So both things. Um, do either of you do dry January? I sure do. I know you do. No. <laughs> no. I have before. I've done I did it once. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, I'm gonna try this year, which is what I mostly do every year, which is just only drinking Fridays and Saturdays. Right. Um but yeah, I mean, we all know your go to is sparkling water and bitters, Zach. <laughs> uh, Long time listeners will know it's true. Yeah. Um, so you do it, but you know it is interesting that like this, there's been this massive uptick in non-alcoholic beers, yep. uh, specifically because I don't really like you know, and and it's interesting that that really has happened. And I'm wondering why those more than anything else. I know that non-alcoholic wine, some people think is coming. Although I don't think I'd ever drink non-alcoholic wine. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like some people are really enjoying non-alcoholic beers. Um, why do you both think that is? I personally think, well, I we have this um, article that published this week um, from Joshua Bernstein about non-alcoholic beer specifically and where it's at kind of in 2022. And I didn't realize that it's a category that's been around for a while. 
Like it had a really big explosion yeah, yeah. in the 1990s. And and so the category has been kind of growing since then, or, or not growing, but like there's a lot more options and the quality is much better now. And I think that's why I think there's definitely an increase in, in demand for non-alcoholic beer um, with the prominence of dry January and other people, you know, people exploring with sobriety or whatever. Um, but, but I think, yeah, I think beer producers and brewers are definitely creating more and better quality options in non-alcoholic beer. And I think that that point that you made, Joanna, about the increased variety and qual and, and improved quality is huge in discussing NA beer and why I think mm-hmm. it is categorically different than NA uh, wine or spirits at this point. For one, you know, and I think we'll probably talk about this throughout this conversation. The problem with the first iteration of NA beer that I encountered, like professionally, especially, is that all of them were basically one way or another at a sort of macro lager style NA beer. And so right. that was fine if you're if you wanted an NA beer and your the other beer you either still drank or had drank previously before deciding to stop drinking alcohol was mm-hmm. macro lager, right? So this was a replacement for that. But as we've seen over the last 30 years, like the kinds and styles of beers that people want to drink are ever evolving and ever expanding. Mm-hmm. And it's only very recently that NA beer has entered the market that can offer, I mean, shit, even an NA IPA was almost impossible to find until a couple of years ago a to say nothing ago, of yeah. a hazy, a sour, a Berliner Weiss, a dark mm-hmm. beer. I mean, like all the many kinds of beer that you could drink as a beer drinker. And if you were someone who liked to have a lot of different options, then the NA category was a non-starter for you until very recently. I also think that because of just some of the mechanisms of how beer is made and what we expect out of beer, it has translated into the NA format, I think, more cleanly and without as much sacrifice as the few NA wines that I have tried over over my career are, are just, mm-hmm. you know, you're really kind of missing a lot there. You're missing texture that alcohol gives wine and beer, but I think beer, you can you can find other ways to to kind of still have the right texture to beer, right? Um, in part because the alcohol content is much lower typically, so you're not expecting the same body as you would with a spirit or with wine, mm-hmm. but also because with wine, I think in particular, and, and maybe the spirits to some extent, the other problem is like NA wine clocks in at much lower price points and is usually made understandably from kind of pretty homogenous wine, and isn't very interesting. And so the, the, the kind of person who enjoys drinking wine like me and who does dry January, like me, not any wine that I've tried to this point is just a non-starter. just not very good. Like it Mm -hmm. isn't very, it doesn't taste like the wine that I normally drink. Whereas some of the NA beers I've had, I think are a very, very reasonable facsimile of, of, of beer that has alcohol in it. And Mm -hmm. that, that to me is, is I think just been the biggest selling point for the category as a whole is like, you maybe sacrifice a little something in in the NA space, but way less than you do with beer. I'm sorry, with wine or with spirits. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I, I'm gonna have I have a hot take here, which is that oh good, oh yeah. <laughs> like if if you read Josh's article, right? I think partly like there's always been a non-alcoholic market, mm-hmm. and actually historically, it's been a lot larger than it is today, and. I think that social media and a lot of then fuel, like social media then that's fueling traditional media has helped make it seem like it's like the biggest it's ever been. But mm-hmm. if you look in 1992, 
there were 2.4 million barrels of non-alcoholic beer brewed in the United States and consumed. In 2020, there was barely 1 million. Mm -hmm. So we're sitting here saying, oh my gosh, like everyone's running to non-alc. And I actually don't think that's the case. I think there are non-alcoholic non-alc drinkers who are now like, oh my gosh, I, I was always prone to want to drink non-alc every once in a while. But now, thank God, there's something with actual flavor that mm -hmm. I will I will you know gladly drink instead of O'Doul's. But then there's other people who are sitting here saying, well, when I choose to abstain from drinking more like me, which again, listeners of the podcast will know is my beef, I choose to drink something a little bit healthier for myself. Like when I'm doing dry January, which obviously I'm not truly because I'm only not drinking I'm only drinking two days a week, so I still am drinking. But like, I'm also like, dude, I'm I'm in the pool, like trying to get my like laps down, like you know my laps faster. I'm trying to think about like my calorie intake. I'm eating healthier, and like I'm staring at the beer we're gonna drink later, and it's got 70 calories in it. Mm -hmm. And I'd rather drink water. Sure. And I know that that's like a you know I've said this last year, I've said this the year before, <laughs> but that's why I think that it's it's this interesting category that to me gets a lot of hype, but but when you start looking at the numbers, a lot of it is just noise. Like, mm. That it's it's a specific category that's interesting, and I'm glad it's there for people who don't mind those other things. But if a lot of the reasons you're choosing not to drink alcohol for a lot of people, if it's not um, related to to you know some sort of substance moderation, it's related to health. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that's that healthy about them. It's still sugar. It's still calories. So then it's like I'd rather drink things that are healthy for me, if that makes sense. And so I think like we're, we're sort of, you know, it's interesting where we are as a culture that, that we're acting like it's like the great replacement. I don't really think that it is. Well, I don't think, I think a, 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 something to disentangle here in my eyes is for one, as you, as you said, Adam, there are a lot of different reasons why people might want to drink a non-alcoholic product. And one of them yeah. that I think that you mentioned, I think is important to note, but is also maybe not hyper relevant to this exact discussion are people for whom, you know, alcohol is a substance that is problematic for them. Yep. And, and obviously, like you said, I think it's important that people have in that category, have a range of, of beverage options, whatever they are, whether they're, you know, classically not, uh, you know, without alcohol or, or are NA, you know, versions of alcoholic beverages or whatever. But I think to the health point, I mean, part of the issue, the unhealthy element of beer or wine or alcohol is the calories, but the bigger part of it is literally the alcohol. I mean, alcohol mm -hmm. is not good for you. Yeah, body. no, it's not. And so I think that there is, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a sham that people think that drinking NA beer is more healthy than drinking beer. It may not be the healthiest thing you can drink, but people drink a lot of unhealthy stuff. I mean, you may be comfortable replacing all of your beverage intake with water, but a, an NA beer is undoubtedly better for you than soda, for example. Totally. Mm -hmm. Well, do we know that? Well, I mean, like, I, I, yes, because uh, the beer is, yeah, well, I mean, calorically, but also like sugar, I guess. Yeah, you're not getting a lot of sugars in beer, or not simple sugars in beer. And, you know, beer is going to convey a lot of nutrients, too. I mean, beer is, there's a reason why it's called liquid bread. And while bread isn't the healthiest thing for you, it's healthier for you than just cane sugar or high fructose corn syrup or whatever you're going to get in. Right, um, which, and in this country, you know, is mostly high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. Right. Um, even sense. if you're drinking a fancy soda or something. So I, I don't mean to say that, like, any beer is super healthy and you should only drink it. But I think mm -hmm. that like, you know, it's, to me, it sort of fits into the same category of like smoothies and stuff like that, that things are, there are things that people drink where they may impart, they may think it has more health benefits than it really truly does. And obviously with things like smoothies, sometimes people are consuming a lot more calories than they realize mm -hmm. um, in that format. Cause it's like, they're like, Oh, it's just a drink, but you know, it uh, depends on what's in it. Um, but I agree with you that it, it is also a little bit of a, 
canard that like um, these things are ultra healthy and and some of mm-hmm. the brands definitely attach themselves to that mindset totally more. yeah um, and you know whatever it's it's marketing and, and it's not to say that it's unhealthy per se but the thing I'm curious about and, and I'm actually curious of, of Joanna's take on this uh, in particular because uh, it probably because you and I have discussed this before Adam is you know one of the other things that comes up with these cat with this category is not just hey you know dry january right you're not drinking at all but it's more like what you were talking about adam the person who maybe wants to not drink every night or wants to drink alcohol uh, sparingly but still wants to have something interesting to drink and i was going to say like is that a persuasive argument for you joanna yeah i feel like the people i know who actually drink non-alcoholic beer or non-alcoholic wine um is they drink it more because they like the experience of drinking something or like the the routine of after coming home after work and having a glass of wine, but they don't want to be drinking at that time or having alcohol at that time. Mm. And I think, you know, while I've never, I've never really sought out non-alcoholic beverages myself for that purpose. Now that we have these non-alcoholic beers in front of us, I'm kind of like, Oh, this is pretty interesting to me. Like maybe I would versus just not drinking, which is what I tend to do instead. Yeah, But I get, I I get the, I get the, the like experience of it and the, you know, you want to unwind or whatever it is that you do with like a beer or you go out with friends and you don't want to be drinking, but you can have this as an option. Um, I get that appeal. One of the ways that I've heard, you know, that some people choose to to do it, which I, I could see sort of see the appeal in is more when you're out like using yeah. non-alcoholic beer as sort of your every other drink. So, mm-hmm. you know, you want to want to go out and watch football and you you know you want to have i don't let's say a beer a quarter or something and you make two of those a non-alcoholic beer Mm -hmm. and so you know you didn't waste your entire sunday or saturday or whenever you choose to watch football drinking lots of beer or Mm -hmm. you know then not being able to do other things afterwards right and Mm -hmm. i think that is that's definitely you know something that i don't think a lot of that is where i think the excitement does lie in non-alcoholic beer currently in that that is definitely not the person who drank O'Doul's, right? Yeah. Like it was because it didn't even have a lot of flavor, but there are people now who are like, look, I can go and I can have two higher gravity New England IPAs or whatever that are, let's say a lot of them, like six to 9%. But mm-hmm. I can feel okay about that because that could be my first quarter and third quarter beer. And my second and fourth quarter beers are, you know, athletics, I don't know, run wild mm-hmm. or whatever, right? And I think that's, that is definitely interesting to me. Um, I have never done that, but that's also mm-hmm. because I have never had any athletic beers before. Maybe I will become a convert at the end of this uh, episode <laughs> and tell you that like I will, but it's just never been something that I've – I just – like you, Jordan, I'm like, okay, this quarter I'm just going to have water or like right. order an iced tea or something. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think it's uh, it's interesting though that, that this is definitely where we're sort of kind of heading. Is it's, it's almost like I think – the entire sort of non-alcohol – there's two segments of non-alcohol, right? And the one I think is the largest, the one we, we – I think if as, as beverage professionals that are should be the most you know aware of is the actual abstention category. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the category that's going to be the largest consumers of non-alc for the foreseeable future, right? Whether you're abstaining because of a substance, because of health, because of – and in health, I also mean pregnancy, things like that, right? Mm-hmm. There is a smaller subset of it for which – it bleeds into the lower alcohol movement that is looking for sessionability, meaning the ability to, when they are consuming, drink a few more than they normally would, but 
but temper their the their alcohol blood level, right? So mm-hmm. that they don't get too intoxicated. That's the appeal of seltzers, that you can have more of them over the course of, you know, the time you're hanging out with friends and not feel completely wasted. That can be the appeal of, you know, drinking non-alcoholic beers between alcoholic beers or al- other alcoholic drinks. That's how you're seeing that some subset use them for that sessionability, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. Yeah, I agree. And I think we're kind of seeing it. I mean, Adam, I know you kind of question the, the non-alcoholic or wine uh category but i think yeah. we're, we're kind of seeing it across all categories and spirits as well there are a lot of yeah, options definitely. out there um for people to to try definitely yeah although i think the the as i said before i i remain mildly skeptical of the of some of these other uh, attempts at na options because i think they they don't they just i've yet to have a, a experience a translation that that seems uh, believable, I guess is how I'd put it. Like, and, and I, like I said at the top, like beer, I think is in some ways that just an easier, not easy, but easier category to get right. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's a it, wine and, and spirits and, and cocktails and things like that. You know, part of it too, is I think we think about again, price point and, you know, if the, if the NA beer that you're choosing to consume is price is sort of priced uh, similarly to the you know right the alcoholic beer you you would normally drink or you sometimes drink or whatever that is I think less of a issue for people you know at a pint at a at a bar at six or seven dollars a yeah. you know yeah. a six pack at you know whatever fourteen dollars or whatever it is twelve dollars but thirty five dollar bottle of NA gin is I think a harder a, a, a very hard sell. NA cocktail is just I think for the kind of person especially the kind of person who's in that you know, moderation category, I think that's just, that's when they're going to say, I'll have one less drink and I'll drink water. Not, I'm going to spend the same amount on an NA cocktail. Right. And and that's, I think, just tricky. Well, Zach, you know, I I think I've told the story like years ago, so it's like I never told it. Um, (laughs) You can uh, tell me, Adam. Yeah. But that that time that I was at a a bar um, and they were, it was like Seedlip had just come to the US market. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to try it. And the bartender looks at me and goes, get ready for the most expensive flavored water you've ever had. <laughs> and, and I think that that's like, you know, that, that is a lot of people's attitude with some of those spirits because mm-hmm. they're, they, they're priced at a premium spirit level. And they, as Zach, you're saying, it's harder to achieve that viscosity and that yeah. weight that you get with true spirit that has alcohol in it. that's mm-hmm. truly been distilled. And so, yeah, like, I guess I could sort of say, I thought I was kind of tasting gin, but it is a more watery liquid. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, at the end of the day, like, could it, could you have made that non-alcoholic cocktail for me with just like some interesting fruit juices and maybe some tea you steeped yourself? Yeah. And would it have been just as interesting? But then again, would you have still charged me 15 bucks for it? Which is also why people are like, cool, I'll take a nice tea. That's <laughs> $2. You know? and, I, and I think that that point is really a strong one that you're making about the fact that just beer as a whole is more affordable, which is why it, it's probably taking off as a non-alcoholic category more than others. And I think mm-hmm. be, you know, people who are aware of that, it would be good to listen to that as, a, yeah. as sort of like don't think that just because non-alcoholic beer is taking off that that means there's going to be a massive future for non-alcoholic spirits or non-alcoholic wine. And also remember that beer is quote unquote taking off, but then let's remember that it's nowhere near where it used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and one last point on that, and then I think we should probably try our beers. Oh, yeah. Is, um, is, <laughs> is that there's something about the 
sort of thing. The other thing about beer, which is like literally a volume issue in terms of like the amount of liquid you get, where it's, it's particularly well suited, even in the even in an alcoholic format for like the drink that you nurse, right? For the like person yeah. who wants to go out with their buddies or go out with their friends or go out with a whoever on a date, etc. But is uncomfortable for whatever reason with alcohol or just wants to have less or, you know, you can blend in extremely easily. No one has to know you're not drinking right. if you don't want them to. Exactly. With some of these any beers, unless they're very familiar with the brands, in which case they probably also drink them and don't aren't going to judge you. And like, you know, as you mentioned, Adam, you know, there's the, the category of people who are, um, you know, who are pregnant. There's the people who have health reasons for not wanting to drink and may not want that to be widely known to everyone they're socializing with. And right. so... And a beers are a really good way to to kind of have that uh, disguise, I suppose you could almost say, without having it be a big deal, right? You don't have right. to make a whole thing about, oh, no, I won't have any wine. You know, don't pour me any. Oh, no, I don't, you know, I don't want to drink. You know, you can just kind of in the background quietly have a thing that looks like what everyone else is drinking and yep. no one needs to know. And that I think is mm-hmm. actually a big selling point for some of this market, obviously. Maybe not the, the largest part of it. Yep, I agree. So, am I going to try my first ever athletic? I mean, I Me too. So. so, I'm going to... Oh, you too? Me too. Wow. I've never... Uh, I told you I don't, I don't go for non-alcoholic beer. Actually, one time yeah, I tried to order an O'Doul's at a deli or a diner when I was a kid, <laughs> and they wouldn't sell it to me. I love it. I thought it was being funny and cool. <laughs> so, I only You were brought, being funny um, and cool. I want to I wanna validate you. I love that, thing. yeah. <laughs> so, I only brought the... Um, the run wild into the studio with me, i.e. the room that I'm told to go to when I work from home. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm happy to get the other one too, but I figured the run wild was the one that everyone has. Yeah. It's the oldest, right? It's like the OG. What do you have, right. Joanna? I have, I have run wild and I have free wave, which is the hazy IPA. The hazy. I got the oh. hazy too. I just, yeah, it's in the fridge. Oh, I'm jealous. I have mm-hmm. run wild and I have the golden dawn, which is the like Pilsner. Uh, I did not, I did not have the, uh, you don't have the hazy, so I'll be curious to know what you think of it, Joanna. I guess let me – let's start with the run wild and then okay. maybe open the second. <laughs> okay. Wow. It smells very hoppy. I mean it smells like an IPA. It definitely does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it says on the can, Athletic Brewing Co., non-alcoholic, 70 calories, mm-hmm. 16 grams of carbs – uh ingredients water organic vienna malt malted barley oats hops yeast and less than 0.5 percent alcohol Mm -hmm. okay let me try this we need like a drum roll sound effect here (laughs) i mean it tastes like a watery ipa yeah i get like vague like tea vibes from it there's a slight sweetness to it it's not too bitter which is nice i like it I like it, but it it definitely tastes like early, I, I don't know why it's bringing back to memories of like some of the early craft breweries I used breweries I used to go to, mm-hmm. where like there was something a little off about the IPA. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it had a little bit of a weird sweetness to it at the end, or like a a weird thing. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah, I get it. It's I, fine. I, yeah. Like here's here's again the thing. If this was an IPA, mm-hmm. I don't think I would be able to say I thought this was as good as the IPAs I like, like Bell's Two Hearted, and you know this because we're we're in classic IPA world, right? So and like uh, Racer Five and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Am I being too hard on it? Yes. 
<laughs> well, I think it's one of these things where it's it, it is it, the two things for me with with trying these beers. Uh, the few times I've tried them, that's always hard to escape. Is one like when you know it's an NA beer, your brain is immediately like, how can I tell that something is different about it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think like. I don't know if in a blind taste test you would necessarily you might say hmm, this isn't my favorite. I don't know, and I think this is to to athletics credit. I don't think that I would necessarily be able to say ah, this beer doesn't have any alcohol in it. Now, obviously, if yes, I drank it for true. a while, I agree. Yeah. if I drank it for a while, I'd be like, wait, what's going on here? But mm-hmm. but like on first impression, it isn't obviously lacking in alcohol, mm-hmm. and. Again, to its credit, I think, in a way that's very different from some of the other NA products I've tried, it also isn't like covering up the lack of alcohol with abundant sweetness. Like I agree there's a yeah, little sweetness true. to it, but like, my God, some of the NA wines I've tried, the only way they're going to get uh, body in the thing is to just add juice. And then you're dealing with an unquestionably sweet product, which is just fine for some people, but not what I want in wine generally. And here I think like what I appreciated about it is like, if I don't, come into it with the notion or the knowledge that it's an NA beer and I don't focus on it too much. It's a fine IPA. I agree. It's not like the greatest beer I've ever had. I'm curious to try. We'll be curious to try at some point, some of the other beers that they make, you know, they're kind of, they and others are really constantly trying to push as many options out there as much um, sort of creativity. I know like Brooklyn brewery, as we, as I read in Josh's article is like putting a whole, you know, and a mixed case out there in the market yeah. now. Like, there's obviously a lot of interest in this, and I and I think that it's a category where increased attention and increased increased experimentation will yield some interesting results. Um, but I think it's yeah, I think it's a it's the kind of thing where it's like it, my analog for this, as I've described to people, is like it's like the IPA you get on in a can on an airplane, right? Like it's fine, you know, mm-hmm. it's probably not the greatest IPA you're going to have, but but for wh- the context with, in which you are having it, I think it does a pretty good job. Yeah, I think so. I think if you're going for a non-alcoholic beer, then this is a good option. Also to note, 70 calories for an IPA is very low. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. I'll be curious to see how long the other 11 in my fridge last. Like, <laughs> like ask me at the end. No, seriously, ask me at the end of the month. Like, did yep. I drink any more of them? Because, mm-hmm. you know, was there a Wednesday night that we were I, – I made something for dinner. I was like, oh, this will go great with the beer, but I'm not drinking on the weeknights. So mm-hmm. I'll have – an, an athletic i'm i'm curious to see if i do reach for or you know i'm gonna have naomi try and see if she would drink them instead although she's not really that much of a beer drinker anyways mm-hmm. i think evan will drink these you do yeah i think so i think if we're not we're we're trying to do the same thing as you adam not yeah drinking during the week but i think that this could be something he would reach for right like hey i'll have yeah. this with like you know whatever we're having um mm-hmm. do you want to try the hazy joanna yeah my, my other thing in, in favor of this category in general is you do, you know, almost to Joanna's throwaway joke earlier, like you do feel like an adult when you drink it, which I also appreciate. Like it is an adult <laughs> beverage, even if it's not alcoholic, like it's bitter. It's not like mm-hmm. I will give my son a taste of it and he will not like it. He does not like beer. He likes wine. Mm-hmm. doesn't like beer. I, just, <laughs> I took another sip of it, you know, just while you guys were talking. Like it's not unpleasant. It is good. Mm-hmm. It is good. Mm-hmm. I'm being too hard on it. It is good. They're gonna they're gonna put that on the ad copy. Adam Vine Pair CEO Adam Teeter says <laughs> not it's unpleasant. not unpleasant. <laughs> no, no, I, I did have another like you're right. It it does, it is very, very similar to beer. And I've never felt that with any other non alcoholic 
drink that I've had that's mm-hmm. trying to be something, right? I've never – the non alcoholic bourbons we bought, got sent up, I'm like, get this shit out of here. This isn't bourbon. <laughs> or like the gins or, you know, like you said, the, the non-alc wines are really, really hard to, t- to taste like what you expect from wine. This is giving me all the vibes of having an IPA. I just don't have the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. that is what they're aiming for. So you have the hazy, right, Joanna? I'm very I curious to hear how it is. Yeah, it's got a slight, I mean, it has some of the hoppiness. It doesn't have the juiciness that I, mm. I would have expected from a hazy. It does, a, it's got a little bit of a, a funk to it, though. Okay. Like um, a bad funk or a good funk? Um, it's an okay <laughs> funk. <laughs> it's weird because the only reason I thought about it is it's like these are the two highest rated, right? It's this one and they're hazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if the hazy is highly rated just because hazies are so popular right now. Right, of course, but I do yeah. wonder if like the bitterness of the IPA helps it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're trying to create that like really fruity, hazy style might be harder to do. I think, yeah, I think it's a little harder to do. Um, also not unpleasant. <laughs> well, now they got now they got two two ringing endorsements. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting. Well, athletic, not unpleasant. Yeah, uh, for these for these and other great non-alcoholic beer options, check out our list that published this week. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a roundup of uh, of some of our favorite NA beers. Yep. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Some of our any beers, they were tasted by other people on the team, not not, not Joanna and I. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, check them out. And uh, and if you have a favorite. And a uh, spirit, wine, or beer, let us know. We'd love to hear about it. Podcast.com. All right. You know, guys, I will talk to you both on Monday. See you next week. Sounds great. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast. If you love this show as much as we love making it, then please leave us a rating or review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now for the credits. VinePair is produced and recorded in New York City and Seattle, Washington by myself and Zach Jabal, who does all the editing and loves to get the credit. Also, I would love to give a special shout out to my VinePair co-founder, Josh Mallon, for helping me make all this possible. And also to Keith Beavers, VinePair's tasting director, who is additionally a producer on this show. I also want to, of course, thank every other member of the VinePair team who are instrumental in all of the ideas that go into making this show every week. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again.